0: This is Louis Gadima, author of Bullseye Marketing How to Grow Your Business Faster, and you are listening to authors in quarantine getting cocktails.
1: Hello, and welcome to this hopefully short lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly Marketing Book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal during this unusual time is to reconnect you with past guests on the Marketing Book podcast share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I either run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be drinking cocktails during these conversations. I mean, come on, they are recorded during the cocktail hour. To find the show notes for each episode with pictures of each guest and links mentioned in their conversation, visit marketingbookcocktails.com. Marketingbookcocktails.com. See what I did there? And if you'd like to join the conversation, email a voice recording to me at douglas at salesartillery.com, and I'll try to include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. Louis Kadima, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Cheers! Hello, Douglas. Great to be with you again. Always fun to talk with you. Well, thanks. And what's going on in your quarantined world? Well,
0: you may hear a helicopter go over now and then. There's a a, a demonstration going on at the police headquarters in Newton, Mass. That's about, I don't know, half a mile to a mile from my house. You know, we, we kind of have... Not just a quarantine. We kind of have three crises going on at the same time. So, uh but the quarantine, kind of we
1: got the 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 protests.
0: Yeah, we've got the economic crisis, the public health crisis, and the civil rights
1: uh, crisis. So all we can do is just drink. <laughs> There's a few other things we can do, but... Uh, yes, absolutely. But that's what you and I are doing right now. So you're in exactly. Newton, Massachusetts. And before we go too much further, I need to let folks know that you were on episode 193 of the Marketing Book Podcast. And I'm uh, last week I published episode 281. So that was September of 2018. So for folks who haven't listened to that episode and don't know about uh, your book, Bullseye Marketing, tell them who you are and what you do. So I am a fractional VP
0: or fractional head of marketing and marketing strategist. I've been working in marketing for 30 years or so and uh, had my own agency, award-winning marketing agency that did a lot of work for big companies like IBM and the Boston Globe, did millions of dollars of work with IBM. Um, had a successful exit about ten years ago, and now I do uh, consulting and as i said um, around marketing strategy and and I act as a fractional vp of marketing and and the bullseye marketing book and the whole bullseye marketing framework really came out of that work that I was doing with companies when I realized that what was supposed to be working, what everybody was talking about, and what was getting all the buzz actually didn't have much impact in the short term, mm-hmm. and those were, those were things like social media and content marketing and such and and that there were other things that companies needed to do in the in the short term and build out to those that those were more branding and awareness long term plays uh, and and so that 's where the three phases of the bullseye marketing approach came together for me.
1: And I loved your book. And I, as I, w- w- I remember, when I interviewed you, I said we are making some changes because it's such a great prioritization that I have uh, fully endorsed—or not fully endorsed—I've fully adopted, and I've gone on to make presentations. And of course, I tell them I, I take this from you. You're you're like one of those authors that has been traveling with me quite a bit, Louis. Uh, <laughs> I, I take you on these on these trips with me, and we're let's, we can talk about the book, but. There's so much more to Louis Godema. you know. I, Louis, you're. Just, I, I feel like you're holding back, you know. People don't know that you are a big time poker player. I mean, you win money at casinos playing poker. They, they. I, I almost wonder if they don't want you showing up. Uh, <laughs> I, some- I,
0: I would. I, I, w- I might use that in the past tense. I've won money at casinos. I don't know the next time I'll be going into a casino. They are not. Let's say it's a an, an it's a
1: virus-rich environment. <laughs> yes. And when you say virus, you're talking about a real live virus. So actually, yeah, didn't I, um, you, we, we talked the other day, you actually, when you found out this whole pandemic was happening, didn't you go to a casino like one last time? I did. I did. So it was my
0: birthday, March 11th, and I figured I was not going to be able to play live poker again for a a while at the time they were saying you know weeks but you know that was really just breaking it to us gently and uh, so for my birthday I I went over to the Encore Casino in Boston and I played in a tournament and came in fourth which was you know in the money and then went out to dinner with my wife at a very nice restaurant in in Boston with the several hundred dollars that I had won Mm
1: -hmm. and then you were out of the money
0: and at that point, uh, from then on, you know, no more live poker. But uh, I have played more online poker, which I used to hate, uh, but it's the only, uh, its you might say, the only game in time, town. But yeah. you know what I realized is that it's very much like marketing, um, because they both combine strategy, psychology, and data. And mm-hmm. so there's... Uh, Kind of uh, a, a big overlap of skills uh, between the two of them. I
1: think I smell another book. <laughs> you've yes, <laughs> just, you've got. You say I'm, I'm full of ideas, Louis, that I don't have to implement. So I'm just warning you. But you know, I'm always looking for guests, and that was that. <laughs> the bullseye was a great <laughs> concept. Now maybe there's the poker, the poker approach, right? Um, the
0: poker marketer.
1: Yes, uh, but,
0: but you know, before we go too far, I, I have to give a shout out to you um because one of the things i do in boston is i head up a group called sales and marketing innovators and we do monthly breakfasts uh where we have great speakers and now we can't do that because you don't want to get dozens of people sitting shoulder to shoulder in a room
1: you have great speakers and that's about to change <laughs> and you have and and so we've gone virtual like
0: every other organization has and what it's done is opened up the opportunity both for uh, speakers outside of the Boston area and uh, people attending from outside of the Boston area. And you're going to be on, on, I believe it's uh, June 17th. June 18th. June 18th, okay. Now,
1: wait a minute. Let's make sure we got that right here. It's going to be on one week from when this publishes. Is it June 18th? Um, it is going to be... Yeah, June
0: 18th. June, a- June 18th. So, uh, yeah, June 18th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern yeah. Time. And uh, we are really looking forward to having you. And thank you so much for
1: doing that. Well, it's my pleasure. And it's I've been working on a presentation that I was going to give at uh, – in Columbus, Ohio, in May, and that whole at, at Interact Ohio on the campus of Ohio State, which um, I'm sorry I have to mention that because I know you're a Michigan grad, but uh, the that all-
0: excuse me the Ohio. Oh, State. that's right. I'm sorry. I'm get sorry, it Steve. right. You're, they they will drum
1: you out of town. If yes, you leave out well, I may go back B. there next May, but and I'll have yeah. it right. But I was supposed to go there, and I was preparing this, so I'm thinking, oh, great. Well, I can I can bring it to life, and it's basically about what I think are the arguably the five most important ideas from the first 275 books on the marketing book podcast. And the reason I'm doing that is because now I'm talking to you, listener. Originally, I wanted to talk for 90 minutes about the book Bullseye Marketing by Louis Godema. And even Louis Godema said, Douglas, thank you. Uh, don't get me wrong. But no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to I, people
0: cuz i didn't think you could do justice in under 3 hours but so <laughs> of course so we're doing two we're doing the five uh, greatest ideas from 250 books yeah. so uh, listeners if you want to join us and, and uh, hear Douglas uh, share his wisdom go to meetup.com and look up sales and marketing innovators and you will find
1: that session coming up on June 18th great and i'm also going to include a link to that at this episode's show notes at marketingbookcocktails.com so great but enough about me louis gadima let's get back to louis gadima so big time poker player did you learn to play poker growing up on a farm in illinois
0: i did not the the game back then was five card stud which we did it played a little bit, but not too much uh The poker thing started i don't know five or ten years ago uh There were some guys around Newton where I live who were doing a a friendly game, and they were doing these um dealer choice games and do you play cards douglas no i don't i i should okay well uh Dealer choice games uh, in these casual games tend to be all these uh, really weird, funny little things that have, like, incalculable odds and, and a ton of luck and such. And uh, I lost a lot of money for the first three or four weeks. And then I thought, maybe I should, like, actually learn something about this so I'm not such a fish. And so then I started to read a little bit about, you know, how poker odds worked and how you shouldn't play really bad hands from the beginning and things like that and then i discovered you know that hold'em was kind of the texas hold'em was the current um big game and started to play it and, and enjoyed it a lot have a, a game at my house a monthly game at my house uh that w- and uh, started to go to some of the casinos and and such and it just kind of you know went from there mm-hmm. so i you know i'm a i'm i'm a decent player i'm you know, with everything, Douglas, you can go from terrible to good pretty easily with just a bit of effort.
1: Look at my podcast,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, and then you go from good to very good, you know, with a bit sustained more effort. That last five or 10%, that's really tough. Oh. That's, where, that's where the heavy lifting comes in. And, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to put myself into that uh, rarefied uh, category.
1: Interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I was recently watching uh, Mountain Abbey, which is a show I like. I've watched it before, but I'm watching it again. Um, it's like comfort food for me.
0: <laughs> not, I don't, uh, have you ever if seen your it? royal background. <laughs>
1: That's right. My, my English background. Who knows? Yeah. I just think it's such a, it's just so well done. The acting, I think I'm appreciating it even more the second time, but there's a, in the show, one of the seasons, there's a, a card shark who shows up and uh it once again kind of scared me off from from doing that. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, there
0: is a saying at, in poker that if you sit down at a game and and you don't know who the fish is, it's you.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I would assume that would be my case. So now, Louie, I'm sorry, but I just got to go back to this uh this Michigan thing, okay? You do, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with with Michigan and Michigan football, and so as I may have asked you in the past, um, you know, you were in Michigan, you were in Boston, Tom Brady, quarterback for the Patriots, Michigan grad. So you guys clearly, you know, hung out a lot at all the alumni parties. And what I'm wondering about is, has he asked you to help him move to Tampa?
0: Well. Tom and I are really tight. And your wives are friends. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that he's been at our house and and everything. But um, actually, he had Gronk
1: uh, do all the moving for him. Oh, oh, he didn't Which want to out out again. know I got, got,
0: I got a bad back.
1: He'd already kind of imposed on you all the years showing <laughs> yeah. up and eating all your yeah. pizza. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, you know, um, Boston has... Uh, had an amazing sports run in the last 20 years. And uh, he's been a key part of that. And it's just – my daughter, who's 26, has grown up with this and has, you know, not experienced the tragic side of life.
1: Uh, (laughs) You know, it's – Like all our friends in Cleveland or (laughs) – well, you know, well, Boston at 80, my college, we haven't had a winning season since fall of eighty one. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Boston Red Sox did not win a World Series for eighty six years. Now, you know, it's what four in the last fifteen years. Yeah, so a
1: few asterisks shunt uh, thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't go there. Well, um, you're and, not, and the uh, Astros do okay. the Astros they they have an asterisk. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm they, I kid because I love. I like all those. Yeah, games.
0: yeah. So, so she hasn't had that kind of tragic, losing it in the bottom of the ninth kind of, uh, you know, youth. That and as a father,
1: uh, you want her to, 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 to uh, experience that.
0: No, actually, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> she'll she'll get beat up in other ways by life. She can have uh, it's. She's become a big sports fan. So she was oh. in New York doing event marketing, experience marketing for Nike when this all started. Mm-hmm. And uh, so how the quarantine, since that's one of part of the title of this, happened for us is that uh, we had planned on the weekend of March 21st to go to New York. We had tickets to see the Celtics versus the Nets mm. and uh, the Broadway revival of West Side Story. And so we had a great weekend planned, and about
1: 10 days before then... Well, now, wait a minute. You were also going to be flush with cash from your birthday winnings at the casino. (laughs) Totally, totally. (laughs) About uh, 10 days before
0: that, the NBA season closed, the Broadway season closed, and uh, (laughs) Nike stopped doing events. And so we went down on the 14th instead. We drove down... Spent probably less than half an hour in the city, picked her up and brought her home. And so uh she's been with us for the last two and a half months, which has been very, very nice.
1: Oh good. Oh good. Yeah. Well And if
0: any of your listeners are looking for a really crack event marketer, I I know one oh, that wow. I can recommend.
1: Yes, mm. yes. And uh if they're not looking for an event marketer, um my daughter just graduated from college and uh she Yeah. For some reason she wants to to go into marketing now. Uh you know, obviously the example set by her father wasn't enough to dissuade her. And uh she said, Dad, you're talking to all these people every day. <laughs> I mean, you know, Louie, help me out, brother. No, I'm kidding. She's gonna do just fine. She's one of those people that makes things happen for herself. So very, <laughs> very Yeah. Not worried about her at all. Probably like your your daughter. Yeah, she's, she's very resourceful. Yeah, and uh, one of those, you know uh, – oh, I think she's here. She probably hears me, but I don't have to worry because she doesn't listen to this this uh, marketing book podcast. Louis, we've got to talk about Bullseye Marketing because it really is one of my favorite books. And did I hear it right that you're working on a second edition of that?
0: I think working would be an exaggeration at this point. I definitely feel like there should be – I should do a second edition. Uh, you know, the world of marketing changes so rapidly, Douglas, and yeah. even things that I wrote two or three years ago, I look back on now and say,
1: yeah, I
0: could use a little bit of an update or, you know, there's there's a few things I left out that might be useful to people. So um, I should do a second edition. I have not really started the, the hard work of doing that yet. It, you know, there's so much online poker to be played.
1: Yes, it's true. And there's uh, the, uh, whatever that wine is you're drinking there. It looks very, very nice. It's Montepulciano
0: d'Abruzzo. Ah. My favorite varietal. And I'm not very particular about, you know, which vineyard or which winery. I like them all. I'm, I, I can be – I like it a lot. Uh, it's funny. So my wife is the beer drinker in the house. I'm actually kind of a cheap date. It doesn't take a lot – you know, like one glass of wine and I'm fine, maybe yeah. two for the evening.
1: Kind of obvious already, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
0: And my wife uh, has a beer, sometimes two every evening right after work. And so when we go – and she also is one of these people with the kind of metabolism where she never puts – literally has not put on a pound since we met more than 30 years ago. Wow. You married I well. cannot, <laughs> I, I cannot say the same for myself. Mm-hmm. And so we'll go out back when that was a thing that people did and at the, at a restaurant and she'll order uh, you know burger and fries and a beer and I'll have a salad and a glass of wine and they will always switch the orders
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we defy gender stereotypes.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, you know, Louie, in your defense, you can just say, honey, there's more to love. <laughs> she's, she's, she's fine. Yeah, I tried that with my wife over the years, and it did not work. There's so many things I've tried with her that just didn't work. I mean, not even the first time. I'll give you an example. One is my wife has over the years. I, we've been married for, I guess, coming up on 29 years, and she alleges that I'm not always listening to her. Mm. You know, and she alleges that I snore. So, I, you know, and,
0: and and she says you listen to all those people on the
1: podcast. <laughs> <Right>. Well, <laughs> so she says. Were you not listening to me? Did you not hear? And I remember the first time years ago, I said, I'm sorry. I, You know, I was in the field artillery in the Army, and I think I think it really affected my health. That <laughs> did not work, not even that, the first time I tried it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a nice try. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You know, you know, it's not about failing, Louis. It's about getting up after you've failed. So I, I know a lot about <laughs> that. So, but anyway, okay. bullseye marketing, can you explain – the the concept of it because I first discovered this and not just cause my agency's name is artillery. I loved it. I loved it for a variety of reasons because one was we were doing sort of the, the, the backward approach where we're going from the outer rings to the inner rings. And it just brought together so many ideas from other books that, you know, I, again, we, I've been talking about, uh, your book, explain this, this idea of bullseye marketing. And I, it's not just some theory you came up with. You saw what happened after working with so many different companies.
0: Yeah. So, um, the idea of bullseye marketing is that, um, you know i was as i said there were some things that were getting a lot of buzz and i was finding they weren't working for clients and at the same time i realized that there were things that they needed to do that that were foundational that that hadn't been done so for example um clients that i would start to work with didn't necessarily have deep understandings of their customers they they had you know in in the center of the bullseye companies take advantage of what i call their marketing assets and those are things like their customers, their website, their email marketing lists, um, and so forth—things that are, are just like laying there—that they can start to take advantage of very quickly and inexpensively, and start to produce some results, you know, really quickly in no a matter of what.
1: much higher conversion rates. They already know you; they like you. They, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you
0: know, better understanding of your customers, selling more to your customers, having better. Uh, uh, messaging, a better uh, website that has conversion uh, calls to action, uh, using email marketing, which is like costs nothing like 10 or $20 a month to use an email marketing platform mm-hmm. to send out email to thousands of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if, remarketing and a few other things like that that are just really inexpensive, really uh, well targeted, and produce those results quickly. In the second ring of the bullseye, you start to expand uh, into people, customers who are looking to buy now, and this is where you use intent data, and that's using Google Ads or um, third-party intent data um, and other types of intent data to try to identify who's in market now, uh, because in most markets, unless you're selling something that you know people use every day like food uh, or web conferencing, uh, in most markets, companies and, and individuals, maybe only 5% of the market is really planning to buy now or very soon. And so you need to be very
1: efficient and, and identify them. Louis, could that also be like bottom of the funnel leads, people that the sales team's already engaged with? Oh for sure, yeah
0: mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but that's not as mar- as much of a marketing issue at that point if sales is engaged and you know marketing may have some things to do to help close the deal, creating the right content or or things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably at that point it's more of a sales matter than a, than a marketing one right and then in the outer ring of the of the bullseye, the third phase, are these long- term branding and awareness programs? which are um, social media, content marketing, display ads, events, things of that sort, which are really valuable in the long run, but they're not going to have any impact probably for 6 to 12 months at a minimum. And, and, but companies, when they're not doing marketing well and they decide, you know, it's time for us to start upping our marketing game, they start in the outer ring,
1: like you were saying. Oh, guilty, okay. Yeah. Well, and- we're kind of in the outer ring business, and that's where. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know what I mean, and and that's where yeah. companies would come to us and say, you know, that well, they didn't know to say you know, the outer ring, but they'd say we need that stuff. And after reading your book and a few other, you know, bloody noses, we said, no, wait a minute, no, 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 we'll do that, <laughs> but first, are you doing everything you can to market to your current customers in the? approximately 100% of the time is no okay well let's let's start with that so thank you oh t- totally I mean
0: almost every time I start to work with a new uh, whether it's a startup or an SMB which is mostly what I'm working with now and I say you know how big is your email list and I'll say yeah, it's five thousand you know 8, 000, 15, 20 th- whatever it may That's be Yeah. And I say, how often do you send emails? And they'll say,
1: you know, around the holidays. Uh, Whenever we have a coronavirus outbreak.
0: Yeah, exactly. When we want to send an email that says, you know, we're here for you. <laughs> uh, and and yet they should be sending emails. You know, ideally, the best B2B marketers are are sending them a couple times a week. the you know, B2C companies like Postmates or or Edible Arrangements or 1-800-Flowers, they send emails every day. Mm. Because I heard the CMO of Vistaprint a few years ago, and he said, we send emails every day. I know we're not supposed to do that, but we've tested it, and that's what works the best.
1: Hmm. But you know what? I bet they're not bad emails. I mean, are they, they- –
0: you know, from Vistaprint or 1-800-Flowers, they're almost all today's offer.
1: Okay. Well, I, <laughs> you know, sometimes, though, I think people, when we talk to them about, you know, like, let's say they, they never send emails to their customers. And they're thinking, maybe they've said this to you. They, well, we don't want to spam our customers. And I have to explain, well, you want to send a good email. I mean, it has to be helpful or educational, or maybe there is a good offer on there, but it's the sort of thing where if it's really working well, people would say, hey, what happened to those emails from, you know, whatever. I, I get emails from certain companies uh, all the time, but I, I like what they're offering. And it's not just about buy, buy, buy. It might be something that's helpful. Well, let me let me tell you two stories. So, uh,
0: I mean, the bottom line is what I usually say in, in my talks and webinars is email more than you're comfortable with. Mm. But what I I did for about three years, um, a little before I wrote the book, a little bit of an overlap with the writing of the book, but I used to send out a daily email marketing tip every morning at 7.30 a.m. And first of all, it produced a lot of work for me until it started to, uh, you know, that particular effort, you know, kind of Got exhausted after three years or so, um, but I had it was very
1: a tip few. About how to do email marketing better? It was a tip about
0: all sorts of marketing. Sometimes it was a tip about something that was happening in the marketing
1: world. Oh, okay. okay. It, was- it wasn't just about email marketing. It was email- no, no, no.
0: no. Al- it was it was about the whole range of marketing. Sometimes it would be a story about uh, oh, Amazon has acquired Whole Foods. You know, what does that mean for their marketing? You know, okay. all sorts of things. I would have so many people come up to me at events and thank me for sending those emails and and say, you know, you're this is how I start my day. I look forward to your email every morning.
1: There, that so, means
0: it's working. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So a story from a talk I was giving one time, there was a woman um, around my age, and I was talking about the email marketing and send it out every day if you're a consumer company. And and she raised her hand. And and you've probably experienced this, Douglas. Anytime you talk about a technique, someone will raise their hand and say, that wouldn't work for me. Because they're different. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall for that. So she raises her hand, and, he says, and she says, I would be really put off if I got an email every day from a, a company. And then she says, there's a fashion company I really like. They send me an email every day. I don't look at it. But when I want to buy something, then I look through the last 30 and see what's on sale now. And I'm like, well, then it worked. <laughs> you got, they got a two-second brand impression every morning. Yep. And when you want to buy their product, what they sell, you go to them. So, yeah. So, anyway, those are the three phases of bullseye marketing. And let me ask you um, have you read a book called How Brands Grow? No, but I've had some authors mention it. You should really get the author on your podcast. It's not a new book, it came out about eight years ago. British? Australian oh yeah byron sharp and it's one of the most influential and important marketing books of the last decade and
1: uh yeah yeah. uh and 2016 that's not too long ago was it 20 was it 2016 i'm looking at one i'm looking at amazon here it says oh it's the cd yeah maybe it came out a bit I, early, yeah. yeah, like 2011, 2011. It rings a bell. Well, I'll have to. I'll, I'll try to reach out to. Do you know the author?
0: No, not personally. I mean, we've he's responsive on Twitter. Um, he and uh, I was talking. Uh, one of the things I do is I mentor startups at at MIT. And there was an there is another mentor who had done a lot of consumer marketing work with P and G, and Gillette, and at. I was talking to her six months or a year ago, and I said, uh, oh, have you ever heard this book called How Brands Grow? And she said, oh, The Red Book. I was like, The Red Book? She said, yeah, it's a red cover. It's And uh, see,
1: there's a part two that's in blue.
0: Yeah, but it's that well-known within P&G that it had that nickname of The Red Book. My and goodness. It's, and when you look at – this is one of these rare books where – I had some pretty good pre-publication endorsements, but the pre-publication endorsements in that book are like the CMO of Coca-Cola and P&G. It's like those companies have been working with uh, that group, that institute in Australia for literally decades, And, and so they have a tremendous amount of... Empirical marketing results that they uh, he talks about in the book.
1: This looks interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the table of contents here. Now, just full disclosure, I pass on a lot of books that have the word brand in the title. Uh, not all. Um, David Auker's been on the show twice, but there are a lot of books about whatever branding is. I don't quite know what that means, and I, I don't find them all that helpful, uh, but this looks really very strategic. It's very strategic, and it's not really
0: about. I mean, when he's saying when he says how brands grow, it's how companies
1: grow. Yes, yes, I see that. And the same with David Ocker, who's considered the father of modern branding. But it's <clears throat> it's not about logos; <laughs> it's about business growth. Yeah, I will definitely uh, reach out to this author and see if I might be able to uh, uh, do an interview. I'm interviewing someone tomorrow from uh, Australia, and I interviewed an author from Australia yesterday, so. Australia is hot. Yes, it really works. Well, uh, when I'm able to, I'm able to interview them, uh, you know, during the cocktail hour. And then it's usually (laughs) the next morning for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you just a couple other kind of quarantine questions. Is there anything in this whole experience we've been going through that has surprised you at all?
0: So, first of all... You know, I heard your interview, your quarantine interview conversation with Mark Schaefer, who had COVID, mm. and
1: uh, he's the king of the marketing book podcast. I don't know. If you yeah, know. I, I, know. And I, I know. And I mean, king like Elvis, not like British monarchy. Yeah, no, I
0: understand. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he's going to be he's going to be on Downton Abbey uh, the next season, <laughs> oh, I think. Uh, <laughs> and. I have been, and my family has been very fortunate. My wife's work is stable. My work has been good. My daughter, you know, as I said, she's been furloughed uh, from the event marketing work, but, you know, we're not, our health has been fine. We're Mm. in a comfortable home. We've been very fortunate. I know some people have gone through very tough times. Yeah, I think... The thing that surprised me the most is how rapidly it has become accepted. So in early March, um, I sent uh, an email to my clients saying, in two or three weeks, we're not going to be able to talk about product because this is going to explode. Wow. And. And I read something where someone was saying that psychologically, people don't think in terms of exponential growth. We think in terms of linear growth. And, you know, deaths in the U.S. went from single digits to double digits to triple digits in three weeks. And, and people don't think that way. You mm-hmm. know, when they see single digits, they think, oh, it's five this week, it'll be eight next week, you know, it's not a big deal. And I was looking at this, and I was like, kind of projecting it out with the exponential growth and saying, by the middle of March, um, this is going to become huge, and certainly by the first of April. And we didn't talk about product. But by you know, the middle or end of April, we were having two 9-11s a week, and people were kind of, well, this is what it is now. And that's what's been most surprising to me, I would Maybe say. The acceptance? Yeah. that I mean, if you had gone back – or think of it in other terms. Um, there's a, a senior – a particular um, senior official who lives in the White House who has said, oh, 100,000, that's a huge success. If there was a terrorist attack that killed 20 people, we would be going ballistic. Mm-hmm. And yet we've accepted this, you know, we've come to accept this, you know, thousand a week uh, kind of situation. And, you know, businesses are reopening now as we talk in the first week of June.
1: Yeah. I oh, wouldn't get a haircut today. Yeah. Well,
0: thank God for that.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I worked <laughs> like Tom Hanks in Castaway. So it was a good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure your wife was very grateful. So that's, that's
0: the big surprise to me is that the, the marketing shutdown, and and you and Mark Schaefer were talking right in the heart of it when you talked. I think the marketing shutdown and the change in marketing tone lasted about a month. Ah, oh. there's a company in Boston called ProfitWell, which is consults to subscription companies on their pricing, and they're uh, terrific. Their CEO spoke at Sales and Marketing Innovators, and um, I saw a chart that they put out about growth of saas companies and it was showing you know strong growth in january and february and then in march there was a decline not a not a drop off the table decline but a definite decline but by the second week of april it was trending up again now you know there's some parts of the economy that have been decimated you know hospitality and and entertainment and other things like that um and they're in a different world but uh you know but uh, the um the ability of of people to accept this and try to carry on as as much as they economically can has been uh, kind of remarkable to me
1: yes and i it now has me wondering you know when you talk about 20 versus 100,000 and you compare linear thinking with exponential thinking yeah is the human brain just better equipped to understand 20 than 100,000 just like linear versus exponential. in other words, they can understand the idea of a certain number. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I
0: I, I understand completely what you're saying, Douglas. And I think you're right. You know, if you know, you can read the stories of 20 people hmm. and you can't, you can't get your mind around a hundred thousand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. well, Last question, what is Louis Godema doing to entertain himself besides online poker and hanging
0: out with my family, which you know
1: has been enjoyable in mm-hmm. you know, but you know borderline. they've been messaging me during this interview, and they said, "Can you keep him on the call a little bit longer so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh another thing that I do, which is the exact opposite of poker, is I do a lot of cycling oh, and where we live in ten minutes i'm out in the country. So I can get on my bike. And in 10 minutes, I am in lovely rolling tree covered roads, New England roads. Middle side, uh, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, I just uh, this website called Wikipedia. I think it is. Yeah. You're about seven t- seven miles west of downtown Boston. God, you're good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna to have to check out that Wikipedia thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll include a link to it on the on the show notes at marketingbookcocktails.com. If you know downtown Boston, uh, you
0: know, the Beacon Hill and the State House is just about exactly ten miles from my house. And my wife, who uh is an avid cyclist also, um, when she was working in the office there on Beacon Hill, she would cycle every day that she could, 10 miles each way, hmm. um, which is another way to not gain a pound in 30 years.
1: Ah, I see. Okay. Because yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here, it says notable uh, residents, um, the, the Godemans. Yes. yeah, Right here, notable people, list of people from Newton, Massachusetts. Okay, great. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I was a uh, – I'm not a cyclist, but I would – do spin three times a week. I absolutely love doing an hour spin. The gym closed, the play, the club closed. And, you know, so I ordered, I had to order one for my home. A month later, it showed up and I am back on it and I am slowly getting back into it. And I'm, I'm loving life. So I just want one, one more, one more thing to be grateful for is I, good. I think, uh, you know, we I think we've, uh, we've got it pretty, uh, pretty easy. And I see, um, Louis C.K. is from Newton, yes, and Matt Damon, yes, yeah. there it is. Okay, uh, yeah, there's a there's John Krasinski from uh, from The Office, right? Matt right. LeBlanc, Joey on Friends, and Amy Poehler. <laughs> wow, and uh, current residents uh, Louis Godema. Okay, wow, Jeez. <laughs> I should have brought my A game here. Well, listen, so now, let me let, before we wrap up, let me ask you something. Before you ask, those charges were dropped.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, how are you doing, and, and how has this affected you?
1: Wow. Well, I'm not used to answering these kinds of questions. I, I think I'm doing um, I'm doing okay. I guess maybe I'm kind of resilient. Um, I have to say, though, I did have, on March 18th, I had shoulder surgery, rotator cuff. Mm. The Boston Red Sox, they wanted me to have that procedure done so that, <clears throat> you know, I so that I'd be able to say I had it. So I would sound like a major league pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the next day they said, all right, no more surgeries. <laughs> it, was <the laughs> last, it was the last collective surgery. So I was sort of in the house, you know, with my arm in a sling, uh, taking painkillers. I mean, if we can just be totally transparent, and I said, I need to talk to my authors. <laughs> so I started, this, <laughs> I started this, I sent an email to you and gosh, uh, Hundreds of authors, and within an hour, a hundred responded back and said, "Douglas, I said, hey, what do you think about doing this? You know, series?" Uh, and uh, over a hundred said, "I'm in," and quite a number said, "Douglas, I'm already drinking." <laughs> <laughs> And I can't go anywhere, so it's it's not a problem so in uh, meanwhile, my daughter, who was a senior in college, she came home for spring break and they said, "Don't come back and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing so and in the meantime, uh, everybody left the office, so long story short, I'm letting the lease go <laughs> so oh, really? yeah, well, you know, didn't know what was ahead, and so, after sixteen years in a really cool office space, I just said, "All right, well. Let's let's just keep doing this. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm um, just trying to take all this change in stride and uh I'm trying to have some fun, which I'm definitely doing um talking to the authors, but enough about me. One last thing about bullseye marketing. Last week I interviewed an author from the Boston area, David Merriman Scott, and he mm-hmm. wrote The New Rules of Marketing PR. And he wrote that and he published the first edition the same year the iPhone came out, which I think was 2007. I interviewed mm-hmm. him about the seventh edition. Why does he have seven editions? Well, it's a very popular book, but it's for the exact same reason that you just mentioned. Things keep changing. And that's why I think that you uh, you should think about getting that that second one. I don't know how the you hells know, were and all that, but it's – you know, the, uh, it seems like each edition that you would do every few years, he does a new edition like every three years now. Yeah. No, he takes it it chapters out. He has to put new chapters in. And it's really just interesting to see, uh, to see what's there. So I would encourage you to uh, do that, even if, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just thought, I thought it was such a great concept. And it just, but it was one of those books where I was reading and I was just thinking, God, I thought I was taking crazy pills. And because there's so many companies that are doing it sort of the the wrong way, well, David
0: David was actually a client of mine 20 years ago when really? when I had my yeah when I had my agency uh, the company he was VP of marketing at Newsedge yeah uh, they were they were a client and uh, so back around 2002 when there was what we thought was a bad crash we didn't know what a bad crash was like then yeah. um, we were young and naive. But anyway, in those days, if I got a call from a VP of marketing, it was much more likely that they were saying to me that they had been laid off and did I know anyone who was hiring than that they were saying, we have some more work for you. Uh. Um, and I would get together with uh, these you know, now former clients, including David for lunch, and they, they were all writing books. And, but David had been a novelist He'd written I think two novels, oh, and I so he had not know that, oh yeah, uh, I don't think you can get them anymore. I don't think they're available ah. uh and so he had the writer discipline, he had the the motion and and you know he knew how to do it, and so he actually wrote a book and a very good one, and it you know changed his life and it changed uh marketing
1: wow, interesting, interesting, and I remember him saying that he you know didn't do well in writing in college and they said you know you're never going to make it and <laughs> just one yeah. more author who sort of said yeah I'll show you but uh, yeah exactly we yeah. we all have those stories right the chip on
0: the shoulder stories uh, tom brady has has that yeah you know, he was one of the last people drafted uh, out of college that right. year
1: yes and i'm so glad that we can add some symmetry to this conversation and bring it all the way back to tom brady Michigan grad so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well Louis Godema I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you here on authors and quarantine getting cocktails and I'm really looking forward to getting together with uh, sales and marketing innovators in Boston on June 18th and I hope that uh, everyone who's listening who's interested will uh, sign up for that I am looking forward to
0: uh, having that conversation with you then and it's been uh, a pleasure as always talking with you Douglas